Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to celebrated author and relationship expert, Ariel Ford. Ariel is a celebrated love and relationship expert, author of many, many fabulous books, an entertaining and wise speaker, and her mission is to help women find love, keep love, and my favorite part, be loved. She's here to tell us why COVID's the absolute best time for dating, how she's done a total attitude shift and has written a book, started a business, adjusted to life without travel, at least temporarily, and how you can do all of this too. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Ariel Ford. Thank you, Lauren. It's so good to see you. No, so good to see you too. So anybody who has not been to Ariel Ford's website has to go because I was scrolling, even though I know you, and it's a plethora of so much information. And I've heard you tell your story a few times about how you and Brian and your soulmates. But what I didn't know, and I saw in scrolling and seeing the picture of Barbara Streisand and James Brolin, I didn't know how that played into your story. So why don't you start by telling that? Sure. So I was a first time bride at the age of 44. And I had spent the entire year prior to that using every prayer process and ritual I'd ever learned about manifestation to manifest my soulmate into my life. And one of the extraordinary things that happened along the way was that I was watching Oprah one day and Oprah had Barbara Streisand on as her guest. And at that point, Barbara was, I think, 53 or 54. This is quite a while ago. And she had just gotten engaged to James Brolin, who some of you may not know, but he's this very hunky actor, totally gorgeous, cool guy. And for those of us who either, I lived in LA then or still lived in LA or live in LA, if you've ever heard anything about Barbara Streisand, you've heard that she is the ultimate diva, that she's a very difficult, exacting, recluse of a woman. And in the moment where I saw all her joy and happiness, I had this epiphany. And I realized that if God had the perfect man for Barbara Streisand, that I was going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> and that really shifted me energetically because, you know, a lot of people were telling me, oh, well, you're too old, you're too successful, you're too intimidating, you're too this. And I thought, compared to Barbara Streisand, I am not any of those things. That was a very inspiring thing that happened on my journey to finding my soulmate. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Somebody said to me once, are guys intimidated by you? Because I built my house and I built my own practice and I had done different things. And until somebody said that to me, it never crossed my mind. I mean, you were in a different place in a different time, maybe. I don't really know, but it really never even occurred to me, something like that. So what did you do once you had this epiphany? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it never occurred to me either that I was intimidating until a guy I was on a date with said to me, I bet you scare the shit out of most men. And then he tried to kiss me and then I jumped out of the car. And for a little while it haunted me that he had said that. But then I thought, you know what, that's okay. I do want to scare the shit out of a guy who can't be with a strong, powerful, successful woman because that's who I am and I'm not going to dumb myself down and the right one will celebrate my power and my confidence. And that you've met my husband, you know, Brian, that turned out to be true. 
you know, and his mother even told me, because she had seen him go through lots of relationships, she said, she said, what's different about you is that you're the star in this relationship. And he loves it because he's used to being the star and he's used to women throwing themselves on him and falling all over him. And you, you've never done that and you never will. So it just worked out perfectly. Do you want to talk about how you manifested, Brian, and how you started your uh, whole different business around that? Yeah, so I have been studying dutifully the law of attraction since September 12th, 1984. That was the first time I learned the first thing about it. How do you remember that date? Because my entire world changed. Everything in my life changed on that day when I discovered that I could have power over my future, that I could co-create my future with the universe, that I wasn't going to be just a victim of luck or circumstance or whatever. So that date has never left me. And even to this day, I'm still studying, I'm still reading, I'm still watching videos, I'm still learning new things. Because while the law of attraction sounds simple, it's slippery, it's really hard to hold on to. And we can go into that further. But to answer your question, what I did was I did multiple steps, all of which are in my book, The Soulmate Secret. So you don't have to take notes, just spend 12 bucks on Amazon, read The Soulmate Secret, and it's all there. So the first thing I did was I got absolute clarity on the heart traits and qualities and values that I was seeking in a soulmate. And clarity is the most important part in manifesting. And I'll, I'll tell you a little story that will explain it even more quickly. Lauren, imagine you walked into your local Starbucks and you walked up to the barista and you simply said to him or her, I'm thirsty. That's all you said, I'm thirsty. They'd look at you like you were crazy, but in three minutes they would hand you something to drink. And it most likely wouldn't have been anything that you wanted. But if you walked up to the barista and you said, I'd like a tall half-calf, half-decaf soy latte with two stevia and extra whip, right? In three minutes, they would hand you that exact drink. So in the law of attraction, you're placing your order with the universe. But in order to place your order with the universe, you have to be extraordinarily clear on what it is your soul is most calling for, All right? So this isn't a shopping list like I need eggs, bread, and butter. This is like I need a man or a woman who is kind, loving, generous, funny, compassionate, sporty, adventurous, whatever, whatever it is for you, but have this clarity that that's what's going to make you happy. So once you have all this, once you have this kind of clarity, then there's a whole bunch of other steps to sort of throw them out there and make it all happen. Yeah, my friends are all gonna know where I got my Starbucks story from now. <laughs> <laughs> so from this, I'm, you and Brian are, are just so great together and have a good, great relationship. How are you coping with COVID and lockdown and not traveling and and so on i know how much you love traveling well you know for brian nothing's changed you know he wanted to stop traveling a few years ago and now he just had a really good excuse so his life virtually didn't change at all mine changed radically and the first couple of months i was 
uh, experiencing all the stages of grief all within a day. So I was angry, I was depressed, I was bargaining, I was doing all of that because I felt so constricted. The fact that I no longer had the freedom to go and do as I always did and the way I wanted was really just, it was hard. It was really, really hard for me. But after I got through that phase, something happened and I can't explain how it happened, but I entered, like I tapped into this vein of creativity that exceeded anything I've ever done before. And I had been in the process of writing a novel and I thought it was done. But as I was stuck at home, I realized it wasn't done. So I wrote, I had already had like 60,000 words done. I wrote another 35,000 words and completely redid the book. And now I have a really big time agent that I'm so excited about. And we're just making some more changes and then she'll start shopping it. So the, the upside of the lockdown has been twofold. Not only did I get this book done into a place that I'm so excited about, I started a new business and I got the business up and running at a profit within three weeks. So that was also amazing and miraculous. So it's, it's actually turned out to be a good thing. And I desperately miss traveling and adventures and going and seeing and doing and eating at restaurants. Oh, I miss eating at restaurants so much. I just hate cooking these days. But other than that, you know, it's been good. How's it been for you? Uh, I miss traveling. And for some reason, I'm not missing eating in restaurants. I don't, I seem to have adapted to that. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know why, but I just have, I, I don't know. I miss hugging my friends. <laughs> I really miss hugging my friends and seeing people, but zoom has been incredible. And I started my podcast. So that has been really fun doing this. I'm insanely busy with work and it, it, it's, I mean, it's insanely busy and I've really toned down watching the news. This is my new thing. I meditate a lot more, a lot more times a day. We didn't get married, but next year, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's not like we're going to have, I've actually gone to some zoom weddings. Yeah, me too. I, they're, they're good. I, they're not ideal. They're okay. But you know, it's, it's, more about taking the sacred vows than anything else. And you can always have a big party later. Yeah. So uh, we're doing it August 1st next year, no matter what we were set on that date. The first time we had ever dated, that was our date. He came up with that. And I, I really like it because we dated, then we didn't, then we started dating again a number of years later. And we've been together for all these years since. So it, it's kind of great. I love that he picked that date. So we're set. <laughs> yeah, I know. So when people ask you what you do, do you say you're a relationship expert? Do you say you're a spiritual teacher? You're a manifester? How do you even, what do you say? Back when we'd see each other and you meet people at parties and things like that, what would you say? I say I'm a writer. That's really the identity that feels like the best fit for me. I became a love and relationship expert by accident. It was never part of the plan. I just kept sharing what worked for me. And it turned out that a lot of people wanted it. So I did more and more of that. But really these days, I, I'm most comfortable saying I'm a writer. I mean, the novel is my 12th book. 
Yeah, your books are fabulous. And then on Thanksgiving, I tapped into your feelingization. I'm not even sure I say it correctly. Feelingization, it's, oh, but it's still so perfect. I mean, it's just such a feel good moment that you put out there. I don't know how many years ago and it was perfect. I wasn't even in a bad place. I did the seven minute or whatever it is and it made me feel even better. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with that? And so I've been working with the Institute of HeartMath on and off for over 20 years and their research facility in Boulder Creek, California that studies heart intelligence. So they have all this science-based information about the fact that you, we have a brain, but we have a heart and the heart is as intelligent as the brain. And one of the processes that they have come up with is called a heart lock-in. And that's when you move your attention from your, your brain to your heart. And as you let yourself re-experience feelings of love and appreciation and gratitude, your heart rhythms change and you go into a state that they call heart coherence. And when you're in the state of heart coherence, you're energy, energetically putting out the energy of love 12 to 25 feet beyond your own physical body. So I was always a terrible meditator. I never liked meditating. It always made me anxious and nervous. I was no good at it. But when I learned to do a heart lock-in, I was getting all these benefits of being calm and centered and peaceful and in the love frequency. So when I started leading workshops, I knew that the secret sauce to manifestation was never in your head. It was never about a visualization, about seeing pretty pictures. The secret sauce is about feeling, feeling that what you've asked for is already yours from a place of love and appreciation and gratitude. So with the permission of the founders of the Institute of HeartMath, I co-opted part of the heart lock-in, took people through a feelingization from your head to your heart. And when we're in the state of heart coherence, when we're in the state of re-experiencing love and appreciation, from there we drop in the desires that we wish to manifest, and then they manifest more quickly. And the thing that I love about it is that quantum science really has come to the point where we all know a couple of things about quantum science. The first is there's pretty much 100% agreement that there is no time. There's no past and there's no future. There's just this now moment. That's all we can count on this now moment. The other thing that we know is that we all coexist in a field. So everybody and everything exists in a field in this now moment, which means that when you're in the state of heart coherence, when you're in your heart and experiencing love and appreciation and gratitude, what you've asked for is already in the field. So if you're saying, oh, I really wanna have a soulmate, but my soulmate is missing, I do a feelingization that I give away for free. I call it the golden cord feelingization, where I take you into the field where your soulmate, your beloved already exists. And using a golden cord of energy, we connect your heart to their heart and you get to meet them today. So I call this love before first sight because your soulmate isn't missing. 
They are, however, looking for you, but they're not missing. And you can spend time with them every day in the field. That's so great. The one that you did that uh, is on your website and that you put in your email on Thursday on Thanksgiving. I don't know when this is going to air. So (laughs) that was just a seven minute one. You sound like, it's so funny because you sound like a meditation teacher. You said (laughs) you're right there. And it was just pure love, visualizing love. And it was, it's just beautiful. all All of these feelingizations are on my website and they're all free. All you have, if you go to soulmatesecret.com, soulmatesecret.com, there's a tab called free stuff. And that's exactly what's there. Go to free stuff. You'll see feelingizations. They all have names on them. And that video that you saw is also on that same page. You just keep scrolling down. So uh, if you're single and you seriously are ready to manifest a soulmate, go in there and listen to the golden cord feelingization. That's great. Or you can just Google you, Ariel Ford. <laughs> it came up. It was just so wonderful. What would you say to a woman who says, oh, I'm too old or um, there's nobody for me and just all that kind of negative stuff? Well, it's there's a lot of limiting beliefs out there. And the soulmate secret technique has worked for people as young as 18 and as old as 92. And it's worked for tens of thousands of men and women in 42 countries around the world. So all this baloney, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too damaged, all the good ones are taken, I'm a loser when it comes to love, it's for everybody else but me. That is only true if you choose to believe that that's true. But in the world that I live in and that I experience, there's no truth to it at all. You know, there's, you know, just like, imagine you woke up today, Lauren, and you said, there's just not enough clean water for me to drink or fresh air for me to breathe. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But to think there's not enough love in the world for you is as silly and stupid as saying there's not enough air or water for you. There's plenty of it. Now, you may not know how to access it, which is generally the problem. And you may, you know, want to have a pity party every day, which you're free to do. But just realize if you don't manage your thoughts and beliefs and your emotions, a year from now, you're still going to be single. So um, that's why I give away so much free stuff on my website, because this isn't that hard, but it does require that you put in the effort, that you put in the time and energy and attention to making this stuff happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I believe it's all there. And you have access. I was also told that I'm only allowed five minutes of self-pity a day. That's it. Now go on. Three minutes, actually. Three minutes. Three. I was given five. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's less as you get older. What's the most common, uh, maybe, what's the most common uh, piece of advice you're asked? How will I know if he or she is my soulmate? That's funny. We're always asking me that. And, And it's actually got a bit of a complex answer. So the first thing I would say is, uh, you know, have you been in a committed relationship with them for at least one year? And if you've been with them for one year, have you met their friends and family and have they met your friends and family? And is everybody a thumbs up to the relationship? Because often friends and family will see things you're unwilling to see. 
I would also ask, you know, do you feel emotionally and physically safe with them? That's absolutely critical. You need to feel emotionally and physically safe. You know, uh, is this somebody with whom you share connection, uh, compatibility, communication? And the single most important thing you need is a shared vision for the future. Do you want the same things? Do you both want to live in the same city? Do you want or not want to have kids or grandkids? You know, do you have some shared interests? Now, certainly you don't need to have all shared interests, nor should you. But what is it that you're going to do together? And especially now that we've been in lockdown for eight or nine months and we're not coming out anytime soon, is this somebody you can live with 24-7? I always tell everybody, if you had a soulmate wish list on March 14th and you were living in L.A., everything changed on March 15th when we went into lockdown because what was important before may not be the kind of values you have now. There may be heart traits and qualities and values that are suddenly much more important. And that's, you know, that's stuff that you really need to think about. So, so the world has changed and it's not ever going to go back to the way it was. And there are enough soulmates out there for everybody. There's no shortage of people looking for people. And the thing that came out of COVID that I think works in favor of single women is that it's never been a better time to date than it is right now. Why is that? Because it's so safe. So just like all of us have become experts at one-click shopping on Amazon, and we know how to search for what we want and how to read the reviews, Online dating gives you so many options and you can actually vet people faster. And the fact that you can't go out and meet them in person makes it easier to vet them. And here's why. There are questions you can ask somebody on the phone or on a video chat date that would be totally inappropriate at a first or second coffee date, but that are totally okay to ask on a first video chat. So for instance, if, um, if I were going to, let's say I had a couple of email or text communications with somebody, I would only do that twice. And then I would say to them, let's get on the phone or let's do a video chat. And if they're not willing to do that, they're out instantly, okay? The worst thing a single woman can do right now is waste any minutes of her life texting somebody she doesn't know. It's the biggest time waster ever because you can't see them or hear them or feel them or observe them in any way that's meaningful. And if they're spending a lot of time being sexy and flirty and texting with you, you're not the only one. So if they're not willing to commit to getting on the phone or getting on a video chat, just know you're setting yourself up for trouble. That's the number one red flag that comes up. And then let's say you do get them on a video chat. The first thing you can ask them is, who have you been sheltering in place with? That's going to give you so much information. Are they divorced with their ex-wives with the kids so they can share with the kids? You know, or are they by themselves or with their with a roommate? You can you can ask in a way that wouldn't be cool to do on a coffee date. That's a question. That is so good. It's so good, right? And you, you know, so this is why it speeds things up. The second thing you can ask them, and I, I mean, I would do it in this order is, well, what's the best thing 
COVID has done for you, you know, and find out, did something good come out of it? Now, here's the, here's the deal breaker question. Number three, what's the worst thing it's been like for you since lockdown? And here's when you find out if they have any emotional intelligence. Okay. Because if they say, oh, well, I haven't been locking down and this whole mask thing's just nonsense and I'm still going out and I'm still dating. Well, you have to decide right then and there, is this a person for you? Because if you're a you know, common sense, logical thinking who cares about other human beings, that may be the time to leave meeting, right? All right. So you can do this, you know, you're gonna find out in the scope of 10 or 15 minutes, a whole lot of information. So I recommend that the first video chat be limited. Just tell them, listen, I've got, you know, 15 minute windows here, here, and here, what works for you. And at the end of 15 minutes, you either say, wow, you're really interesting. This was really fun. Should we do it again? Or you can say, thanks so much. It was great to meet you and skedaddle and get out of there. So I've put together a free online dating guide. It's only nine pages long, but it's absolutely filled with all the details of how to do this. And it's on my website. If you go to the website, it comes up as a pop-up. It just pops up at soulmatesecret.com if you want the free online dating guide. Oh, that, those are very good. I have to tell my friends. Uh -huh. <laughs> there. Anyway, um, so what do you do when you go through your difficulties? What are your tools or what are things that you do? Oh, I've got this gigantic spiritual toolkit. So uh, one of my favorites and the one I use the most is EFT tapping. I find that tapping quickly will get me through any psychological, emotional, or physical pain pretty quickly. I also take a lot of aromatherapy baths. I go for walks. Uh, I'll do a heart lock-in or I'll write myself a new feelingization, or I'll get on Skype with my best friend and tell her I need to vent <laughs> and I'll do a venting session, you know, or I'll go and talk to Brian. He's a very logical person. The thing is talking to Brian is it's not a fast conversation. Brian doesn't know how to do a conversation shorter than an hour. And often I don't have an hour. Or I don't want to spend an hour digging through something, but he has great advice. So I have, Plenty, plenty of things to help me when I go a little, uh, you know, off the reservation. For anybody who doesn't know what EFT tapping is, do you want to explain quickly a trunk? Yeah, and and you can Google it. There's a million tapping teachers for free online. My favorite is Nick Ortner at Nick the tapping the tappingsolution.com, the tappingsolution.com. So it's a pro thing where you just you're using your fingers to tap on various parts of your face and your body while you're making statements. So for instance, you know, let's say I was really annoyed with somebody. I would say, even though I'm really pissed at Alexa, I deeply and completely accept myself. And I would do that three times tapping here. You know, then I would say, even though Alexa really pissed me off, I deeply and completely accept myself. I'm so angry. She's such a bitch. I just can't stand her. And I deeply and completely accept myself. And even though I'm so angry with Alexa, I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and So I would do at least three rounds. And it almost doesn't matter what you're saying, because you could be saying, 
you know, I mean, you could, some, I like to curse, you know, like, so I would say, oh, she's such a fucking bitch. I can't believe she did this, that, and the other thing, you know, and then after I do three or four rounds, I'll stop and see where my level of anger is because it started as a 10, maybe now it's a six. And then I might change the words up, you know, and then eventually I get down to a zero. And like I said, you can go to Google and you could just type in uh, tapping for anger, tapping for depression, tapping for confusion. And there'll be some great tapping expert who will take you through the process and it's totally free. Or Nick Ortner has this great app you can put on your phone and it's very inexpensive. I don't know what it is, but it's inexpensive. So check out the tapping solution also. Yeah, those are good. Well, I love that you wrote a book and you said you started a business. I have to tell you the funniest thing just happened. So I have my phone charging over here uh-huh. and she's been eavesdropping and now she's telling me how to find videos on tapping. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Alexa, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this isn't Alexa, this is Google. Yeah, I, I, I got that. I don't have Alexa. I just made that name up because I don't know anybody named Alexa. It's <laughs> no. happening a lot. You yeah. know, I'll be talking and then my phone's talking back to me. Well, my Apple watch does that. It'll just start. <laughs> and I'm like, that's creepy. <laughs> I'm never alone anymore. I know. Do you have moments when you ever feel like just giving up and stopping and just actually you've got good tools that you've talked about with the pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, do you want to talk about that? I think that's really important. Right. So this really only pertains to women. Yeah. And when women get stressed out, it's because their oxytocin levels are low. So oxytocin is the, the, the love hormone, the bonding hormone. And you can, there's lots of ways you can kickstart it. Uh, and it's what I call becoming a pleasure puppy. So you can uh, do a 20 second hug with somebody, even if it's a cat or a dog and that will give you more oxytocin. You can get your nails done, get your hair done. You can go shopping and you don't need to buy anything. Just seeing and feeling and looking at items will build oxytocin. Uh, You can laugh, you can dance, you can have a drink with friends, sex, any kind of sex (laughs) builds oxytocin. And all of these things will uh, help you mitigate stress. And so what I recommend that women do is that the first thing every day, if they're going to make a to-do list, they put themselves number one on the list and they, they make a plan to have pleasure for that day. Now, what doesn't count as pleasure is anything you're doing every day as a habit. So if you're meditating every day, if you're doing yoga every day, if you're dancing every day, that doesn't count. That's already a good habit to have, but it has to be something different and special. So it could be that you're going to bake yourself some cookies or you're going to have a special piece of chocolate or you're going to set up a Zoom meeting with a friend you haven't seen in a long time and you'll have cocktails together. So it has to be something deliberate and special that's pleasurable. That's good. I love that it's something different, not routine. Do you, how do you maintain community during COVID? I am in a, two different groups, Zoom groups, and we meet, we each meet once a week. One, we, I just met this morning, every Monday at 8 a.m., there are about 30 of us around the world that gather together to do healing intentions. 
for friends of ours and friends in our circle. And Lynn McTaggart, who wrote The Intention Experiment and The Power of Eight, she leads the groups. So we get to see each other on Zoom. We get to share what's going on. And, we get to, and while we're healing someone else, we're also healing ourselves. And then I'm on another group that meets on Sunday mornings. It started off as a, a prayer group for a friend of ours who was running for political office. And now that that's over, we're still meeting and we're exchanging all our outrage about what's happening politically in America and in the world and exchanging information and be, being activists together. So between those two groups, you know, that, that really helps. That's excellent. Yeah. Having those communities are, it's just so important to have community. Yeah. Um, and maintain that. And the fact that you're not traveling or is doing your creative work, is that your outlet now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still thinking about traveling every single day. And for a while on Facebook, I was posting all my old travel photos. I did that for about 90 days in a row, you know, just travel memories which was great. And I'm, you know, just trying to figure out when, when is it going to be safe to fly? And, you know, cause I'm not going to get Brian on a plane for a really long time. I can't even get him out of the house. So <laughs> until there's a, a, a safe vaccine and we're sure that, you know, 16 hour flights to India or Bali are safe. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to get to go anywhere. So it's uh you know, if I could get on a plane today, I would, but I can't. I would love to go to Bali. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I might get him back to Bali. For sure, I can get him back to Italy because we have really good friends there that, you know, we were seeing almost every year, but uh, not this year. Do you have any messages of hope that you would want to transmit? Well, I think it depends... It's kind of a long conversation, but, but let me tell you uh, about my favorite word. So my favorite word is Sanskrit and it's Santosha. And Santosha means utter contentment because I spent a long time in my life working on being happy. And what I discovered is happiness is often dependent on other people or experiences or things. And if those people, places, or experiences, or things go away, then I'm no longer happy. But reaching a state of utter contentment is not dependent upon happiness. So what I've really come to over this period of time is just being content with what is and realizing that there's not a person alive on the planet right now that has any answers. Nobody knows anything for sure anymore. And I, need, I needed to let go of wanting to know or needing to know. So now I live in two hour windows. I don't make any long range plans. You know, it's just like, well, what am I gonna do for the next two hours? Because no matter what my plans are, there's a good chance they're gonna have to change. And so life is smaller in a lot of ways, but also easier because I no longer have these, these uh, big ideas about, okay, well, you know, if, if we get the vaccine in this month and that happens in that month and I can start traveling in this month, it's just gonna be a setup. So for right now, I'm just happy that I live in 
sunny Southern California and uh, it's like paradise here. Yeah, yeah, you, you guys have a fabulous home. It's a home, not a house, it's a home. I instantly flashed to two things. One, I'm, a, I'm an attorney who has this calendar full of dates that are so meaningless. <laughs> They're just meaningless. And I try to calm my staff down all the time, but also Scott, who's a planner. He's a total planner. <laughs> he, he sent me something this morning. Okay, we're going to try to go here at this time. I'm like, okay. Like, what do you say? Like, okay. Because <laughs> who knows? Yeah, well, let him do the planning and then you'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm like, all right. Stay detached. You know, maybe. Wouldn't it be lovely if maybe, you know? It's like, okay. I mean, the courts have been closed. You can't like, uh, like, okay. I'm anyway, because lawyers live and breathe and everything by their calendars. And okay. it's so meaningless. I have this 2021 calendar that me, I mean, I could throw it in the air and just like, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Nothing does. So I love that. And, and I love the whole, like, everything's about this moment and appreciating this moment so much. It really is, but I love that. And it, it, I'm not positive that Ananda means bliss, but it, for me, it does. And to just stay in the moment. I know that you've uh, experienced loss with your sister and you've come through so many different iterations with that, at least I've observed. And you've kind of kept her memory very much alive. Well, she, she has a, a tremendous global following. So it's, it's easy. And for me, you know, when she first died, it was like, oh my God, she's not here anymore. But that was almost eight years ago. And now she's kind of here all the time in different ways. And so as much as I'd like her to walk through the door so I could hug her, she still feels very close and very nearby. And, and her, you know, we're super close to her son who's now, oh my God, he just turned 26, hard to believe. So he's now in graduate school. So yeah, the whole grieving thing is, it's really trippy stuff. It's, it's much easier now that it's been so long. But I do believe that, you know, when COVID came, I went through a whole different kind of grieving process because life as I knew it was no longer. And, you know, who am I if I'm not working, if I'm not producing results? You know, because like my entire schedule got, got canceled. I was traveling to lead workshops, you know, everything got shut down. Now I've figured out how to do a little bit of it online, but in an entirely different way, that's more fun. So I don't miss that kind of traveling, you know, I don't need to do that anymore, but I do, I miss vacations. Yeah, definitely that. Well, it's so great to see you and to have this conversation and just to see how you're evolving. I mean, you see on the screen, the evolvingwisdom.com and to see the different iterations of Ariel Ford <laughs> and where you've gone. And it's really incredible for anybody who doesn't know, Ariel creates community everywhere she goes and everyone stays friends with Ariel and Brian everywhere. Like they're just the greatest. So it's really so wonderful to get to see you virtually now and hopefully to hug again in the not too distant future. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I know, definitely will. Is there, are there any other messages that you'd want to give? You know, I don't, I don't know that I have any specific messages except 
that if anybody's out there who's single and they don't want to be, <laughs> you don't have to be. You really, really don't have to be, but it's going to require you put your attention and make finding love a priority. Yeah. Ariel's an example of you can manifest anything. So I, and I just love that. So thank you for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. It was great to see you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Ariel's messages of trust, expansiveness, and love. Such great messages to take into the week ahead and into the new year. Be sure to tune in next week when fun, down-to-earth makeup artist to the stars, Stephanie Cristiano joins us discussing everything about surviving life during COVID and everything about friendship. I wish everyone a very happy holiday season and a happy new year. Remember, we are giving away a really fun gift bag of my favorite journal, candles, crystals, and all you have to do to enter is share your email with us on our website, 52weeksofhope.com, and we'll send you the link to enter. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, and send us feedback on our website, 52weeksofhope.com. I'm Lauren Abrams. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening.